0: Greetings my little oddities, welcome to another episode of Odd Tuesdays. This is Monica Caraway from Small Biz Thoughts. Today Carl will be talking to Phil Elder and Susan Bradley, both from the SMB Kitchen project. Both Phil and Susan have some key specialties in the world of tech management and will be sharing what it is they do in the SMB Kitchen ASP project, a managed services educational project we've been highlighting on our show in recent weeks. We will also be joined by Amy Babinchak in our Oddballs segment, and I'll be sharing some tech news brought to you by NeoWin.net. Before we hand off to Carl, I'll update you on tech events happening around the country. The Microsoft Worldwide Partner Conference is on July 13th to the 17th in Washington, D.C. Please visit digitalwpc.com for details. The IT Pro Camp is on July 19th in Fort Lauderdale. A list of speakers and registration details can be found at http://forward slash net The Ulistic MSP Workshop is on July 24th in Baltimore. Go to ulistic.com for the details. The Business Solutions Channel Transitions events continue with an event on in Boston July 22nd. Please visit bsminfo.com. And the ASCII IT SMB Success Summit is on July 30th and the 31st in Providence, Rhode Island. Visit ASCIIEvents.com for all the details. And now let's welcome Carl, Phil Elder, and Susan Bradley.
1: Hi, this is Carl, and I am here with Susan and Phil from third tier. So Susan Bradley, I think everybody knows, and Phil Elder, uh, I think also everybody knows. So um, why don't you guys start by telling us what you're currently up to, and I guess we'll start with Susan.
2: Sounds good. Um, I'm Susan Bradley, and you can Google me out there and you'll probably see the lady that does Pixar titles and the lady that, that does Sudden Money. But if you happen to see the geek person, that's me. Uh, and what I'm up to lately is helping Amy out on the third-tier project, and, and specifically it's called uh, the S&B Kitchen ASP. A stands for Amy, S stands for Susan, P stands for Philip, And I'm in charge of paranoia, basically. I'm going to scare you to smithereens. So um, my job in the project is to give you um, ideas and guidance on some of the security issues, to um, give you when it's okay to install certain patches. I'm I'm kind of the Patch Tuesday guru. Um, In addition to moderating on patchmanagement.org, I also write articles for Windows Secrets on patching. So I kind of, um, specifically for the ASP project, I, I gear it toward the server admin. So I really focus on you, as a consultant, and what you need to know and how you need to not install things right away and kind of hold back a little bit, and when it's okay to be installing those updates so every Tuesday that comes out, I give like a you know hit list of you know do this one, I'm not seeing any issues on this one. I am seeing issues on this one, hold back on that, and kind of give you the all clear or the not all clear as the case may go um and then I also because I have some access into some of um resources. I also post up some kind of alerts and warnings about and and because many of the alerts and warnings are more in the large enterprise space, uh, I'm going to bring it down to the more small business space and and you kind of learn some lessons from the big guys and you have to kind of tailor it down to how we're targeted and I personally think um, and I've seen it myself is we in the small business space are targeted differently than enterprises. So we will have different issues, and we will have phishing attacks that are different than the big guys. And we'll have those lovely crypto locker issues that the big guys don't get attacked with. So that's what we're targeting in in the paranoia space. And then in in September, uh, we're going to be in Orlando, Florida, right in front of the GFI conference, and we're going to have a brain explosion. And I'm going to do a talk on called uh, Protecting Your Exhaust Ports. Now, for any geeks in the office, if you remember Star Wars number one, okay, now called Star Wars number four, but then in my generation, it was Star Wars number one. You remember the Death Star and how they attacked the Death Star by going after a weak link, the exhaust port that was not well protected? And so I'm going to talk about identifying those kinds of locations in your network. How do you find the weak links? And sometimes it's the human so, I'm trying to also, in the the a s p project is to what I call patch the human, kind of taking your humans and making them a little bit more paranoid and a little less likely to click on things and a little less likely to stop and ask you you know if they get something strange in email instead of clicking on it and going, "Oh gee, what's that that they stop and say, "Wait a sec, you know I don't think this is for real," and email or call you up and say. What's going on? What's Is this for real? So putting a little more doubt and question in somebody's mind. So we're going right. to try and do that kind of focusing in on patching the human and also, like I said, inventorying and looking at your network and looking for those
3: exhaust ports. Okay.
1: And Phil, why don't you tell us what you're up to?
3: in In the SMB Kitchen Project, this particular edition, I've taken a, a step into a more of a mentorship role. So we're doing monthly chats with our membership. This last chat was this last Tuesday. And we spent a, a substantial amount of time talking about a virtualization, some security, a lot of things around the security issues with Susan. And in my case, providing guidance on how to deploy, what to deploy. We have a, a new SDS product, uh, We being Sync, my own company, SBS being Small Business Solution, and it's essentially a product that does everything and anything that SBS has done for us since 2003, and we're actually doing quite well with it. We've deployed quite a few of our sbs based solutions on our client systems, either clustered or standalone virtualization stacks. So we talked a lot about that and how, how to work that in and it's all based on technology freely available in Windows Server 2012, RTM and R2. That's pretty much where I'm at with, with the uh, ASP project. Mentorship, guidance, providing a lot of feedback, hardware configurations for clusters, hardware configurations for standalone virtual, virtualization platforms, cloud integration. That's that's pretty much a good description of it.
1: Very nice. So with the SMB kitchen, uh, you cover everything except the kitchen sink. So uh, how do you pick the topics for that? Because you know there's different stuff going on all the time, and the three of you all do different things.
2: And, and we, I mean, we we kind of focus on the things that we're our strengths. Um, obviously, I'm the security and the paranoia. Uh, Phil is hardware implementation and the and the clustering and, and just really good solid Hyper-V deployments. And then Amy's really good on kind of management and especially interacting with clients and kind of bringing new ideas to clients um, and a, a lot of management kind of talks and topics.
1: Cool. So let me focus for a minute on the, um, the pre-day for the GFI conference. So you can have a brain explosion. Tell us, uh, for folks who have not been to a brain explosion, what that day looks like.
2: It's a day. When I say a day, it's really half a day of one day and half a day of the other. So it's Sunday through Monday, right before the GFI conference. And it's it's basically deep information as well as lots of give, not takeaways to take back to your firms and take back to your clients to implement immediately. Uh, Phil is obviously going to discuss um, any Did it in the last um, webcast, and he's going to go more into how to do the SMB style or or SBS replacement. And um, all of the lovely, easy log into a portal and get immediately to a desktop, and log into a portal and get to a web app, and all the bring your own device stuff that we're kind of dealing with and facing and having to deal with, he's bringing down to how to, now that we don't have SBS anymore. And Now that we don't have, or, or maybe we think essentials is a little bit too limiting, what can we build and what can we do to bring that same functionality to our
1: networks? So, so it's ninety nine dollars get you in the door, and yeah. um, you guys have actually a ticket to give away to the SMB kitchen. Is that correct? Correct. Or was it to the or was it to the Brain Explosion?
2: No, it's for the SMB kitchen. It's the ASP project, okay. which is a year long so- project. It's um, monthly webcast with Phil where he basically opens up his brain and says, Here's, you know, what my clients are buying and here's what I'm doing. And then it's also white papers and documents and it's the patching documents that I do.
1: Alrighty. So that's a three hundred dollar value and mm-hmm. what do people need to do to be able to win.
2: Starting on July 1 and going through, let's make it July 5th, send an email to Susan at thirdtier.net with the subject line of giveaway, and we'll pull a random drawing of the emails that we get.
1: Very good. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: And now let's welcome one of our oddballs, Amy Babenchek, who today offers tips on hiring and training admins and techs in your managed services business.
4: Hey everyone, Amy Babenchek here from Harbor Computer Services in Third Tier. I received a question from one of you the other day. It went something like this. How do you find the time to grow your business when you're busy working your business? How do you get enough business to hire that first person? Before you jump into this problem, you need to determine what type of person your first hire is going to be. I've advised people have their first hire be an admin person to reduce the load of management tasks they're performing. And I've also advised the first person be a technical person as good or better than you are. It depends on your skill set, your goals, and your business. Once you've made up your mind the role that this first hire is going to take on, then we can address the issue of how you get more clients to support that added expense of this new hire. So back to the question. Basically without the word sales, he managed to ask a question about sales. I know tech people hate the word sales. As tech people and business owners, we're in the business of selling things. Admit that to yourself and move on. You have to sell a potential client on the idea that hiring you would be a good idea. That's sales. Making the decision to hire another technician for your business is a biggie. The first employee represents 100% growth in your employee count. It gets easier as that percentage moves down when you have employees, and I know that's not comforting right now. You need a couple things in order to hire you need to know that if you expect that person to be a good tech then you're going to have to pay them I know that seems intuitive but seriously people tend to cheap out on that first employee and that will only set you down a path of trouble if you expect that person to be a great admin then you're going to have to pay them well too which means that you've got to get busy bringing on a number of new clients and also hiring and training a new employee and continuing to service your existing clients It's a daunting task. So maybe you listen to some webinars on sales. They talk about cold calling and dialing 50 numbers a day, so you can talk to a small percentage of them to set a meeting to then get a meeting with a small percentage of those where you will close on your MSP contract to a minuscule percentage of those after investing a huge number of hours that you don't have using a skill set that you don't possess. Or maybe you listen to your vendor and they give you some free marketing materials so you send those out maybe someone actually calls you but what they want is to make a purchase of the thing on the flyer the postcard you mailed them and now you're in a bad position of talking to them about your services neither of these methods work for people that aren't sales professionals I'm not a sales professional either I'm just a tech person who has to sell people on the idea of doing business with me I'll tell you what works for me what I'm about to tell you is how I grew my business I use a shotgun approach I wrote a document that's a hybrid of a letter and a flyer. At the top in big letters, and I mean big, like 20 point bold, it says, computer problems with a question mark. This is so when they open it, they immediately know what it's about, and in the envelope are two of my business cards. So now they know I sent them something asking if they have computer problems. Then it flips to sincere letter where I tell them that I'm local, professional, and responsible. Then there's a bulleted list of four things, which are small business specialists, no band-aids, professional, and responsible. Then it flips back to sincere letter where I tell them that we have contracts to fit any size business, that we'd like to talk with them, call me, here's my phone number, again, in great big letters. So here's what happens. They open a letter. They've got three items to deal with, two business cards and my letter. They open the letter and glance at it in the glance it says computer problems I'm local and professional and responsible a small business specialist no band-aids call me if they get past that three-second glance then they can read the smaller print which extols the greatness of my company and the service we offer I send out a thousand at a time here's the magical part anyone who calls has self-selected that they're ready to do business with me otherwise they wouldn't be bothering to call We get one or two calls the week after sending the letter. We meet with them, we bring our contract, and have them sign it on the spot. Over the next six months, we get a few more calls. So you don't have to sell. Using this method, the selling's already done. All you have to do is show up with your contract, get started solving the immediate problem they have. How do you know they have an immediate problem? They wouldn't have called you if they don't. Till next time, this is Amy Babinchak of Harbor Computer Services. Oh, and hey, check out my project called ASP at thirdtier.net. It's about making your IT business better than the competition. Now for tech news, thanks to
0: Neowin.net. UK cinemas have banned Google Glass. Last week, Google announced the availability of glass in the United Kingdom, marking the first launch of the wearable device outside of the US. Those purchasing the device in the UK for a thousand pounds will get the newest model of Glass, featuring double the RAM of the previous version. While some businesses, including British ones like Virgin Atlantic Airways, have embraced Glass, not all organizations are quite so pleased to see the device in action. For example, some cafe and restaurant owners have banned it from their premises, and earlier this year a movie theater in Columbus, Ohio called Homeland Security Agents to deal with a man wearing Google Glass while watching a film. There have been no examples of British cinemas calling the cops on glass wearers yet, but as The Independent reports, UK cinema chains are nonetheless banning the device. The Cinema Exhibitors Association, which claims to represent 90% of UK cinema operators, has said that customers will be requested not to wear these into cinema auditoriums, whether the film is playing or not. Cinema chain Vue said that its customers would be asked to remove glass as soon as the lights dim. Blackphone, the Android handset focused on privacy, begins shipping to buyers. Back in January, a new handset was announced, one that claimed to offer unmatched privacy and security in a world increasingly troubled by revelations of government snooping and the threat of hackers trying to gain access to users' data. After its public debut at Mobile World Congress in February, that device, called Blackphone, is now shipping to customers. Blackphone is the product of SGP Technologies, The joint venture between Silent Circle and Geek's Phone, which claims that it is the world's first smartphone built from the ground up to maximize user privacy. The device runs a customized version of Android 4.4 KitKat, which the company calls Private OS. And it claims that this offers an unparalleled product ideal for information workers, executives, public figures, and anyone else unwilling to give up their privacy. The company says that file transfer and storage on the device as well as web search and browsing are all totally secure. It also says that users can send text messages or make voice and video calls, freely knowing that your conversations are off the grid of surveillance. The company says the file transfer and storage on the device, as well as the web search and browsing, are all totally secure. It also says that users can send text messages or make voice video calls freely knowing that your conversations are off the grid of surveillance. Numerous privacy apps are also pre-installed, along with years of key security subscriptions. Microsoft's Office Mix tool is an easy way to incorporate online content into a lesson plan, and now more tools are being added to the online program to make things even easier. One of the new features is a gallery designed for sharing and discovering new lessons. This was one of the most requested features by those using the tool. They wanted to be able to share their lessons with others and also discover new lesson plans, and the gallery should appease those requests. Microsoft said that Office Mix has been used in ways outside of the traditional classroom lesson. The company recently posted a list of alternative uses for Office Mix on the product's official blog. In addition to the new feature, there are new partners such as University of Colorado's PHET, which has a new physical science simulations app that is available for download. Office Mix is still in its early stages of gathering feedback, so if you or someone you know would like to try the tool out in a classroom situation, you can check out the product site for information on how to sign up. While AT&T still has their coming soon page for the LG G3, T-Mobile has unveiled their G3 pre-order page that states orders will begin shipping on July 15, 2014. If you don't have the opportunity to pre-order this device, it will be available in stores the following day. If you aren't familiar with the LG G3, it is LG's latest flagship device with a couple of fairly unique attributes compared to its competition. The device sports a 5.5 inch display with an industry leading resolution of 2560 by 1440. If that wasn't unique enough, the G3 also has a special laser guided focusing system that is meant to bring faster auto focusing to the device while taking pictures. The T Mobile variant will come with 3GB of RAM and 32GB of storage. The device is currently available for pre order via T Mobile's website for $598 and will begin shipping on July 15th. The phone will be available in two colors, metallic black and silk white. The device will be available in physical retail stores July 16th. As our mobile devices become portals into our digital lives, there has been a greater need to secure them, which could cost us more time than we think. By locking our devices, it seems that we are wasting precious seconds every day when it comes to unlocking our devices. Although a couple of seconds here and there might not seem like a lot, Vivalink has created a unique solution that can save you time while still keeping your device secure. Vivalink, spelt V-I-V-A-L-N-K, has introduced a digital tattoo. A digital tattoo is a temporary tattoo that can be used to unlock your device via NFC. The temporary adhesive tattoo is the size of a nickel and is touted as being able to last up to five days in normal conditions means that you will be able to wear your NFC tattoo and still participate in everyday activities like showers, swims, workouts, etc. Digital tattoo functions in the same manner as any NFC tag and will require an initial setup. After it has been synced with the device for the first time, the tattoo will remain active until it dissolves and needs replacement. Although this is a fairly personal and novel approach, the technology could someday be utilized in hospitals for security, concerts, or in other commercial environments. Currently, the tattoo's design is not customizable, but will be available in a pack of 10 for $10. The tattoo is only available for the Moto X. The company is interested in expanding its line of adhesive NFC tags to other devices and has a form on its site available. We thank NeoWin.net for today's tech news.
5: Hello. Welcome to July. Welcome to the second half of the year. I hope that the beginning of your year was amazing and spectacular and successful. Now let's just see if we can do that all again for the second half of the year. At least in the U.S., the stock market did very, very well. And so with luck, the rest of our businesses are all going to just kick butt and take names for the next six months. As for what we're up to, I just wanted to give you a quick update. finished the book on project management. So Project Management in Small Business with my co-author Dana Gulston is all complete and is being distributed as a PDF right now. So if you want to buy that in the ebook format, you can get that right away at smbbooks.com. Very soon it will be available on the Kindle and for a printed book both on Amazon and at Small Biz Thoughts. So by the end of July, in fact, just within a couple of weeks we expect to have all of that available for you. So Project management is a huge piece of what we do. Many of us divide our our labor now between recurring monthly revenue and project work. Well, let's make sure that that project work is as successful and as profitable as possible. So that's what we cover in this book. Dana Goulston is a very well-known author in project management. He's one of the primary authors of the PIMBOK, the product project management body of knowledge third edition and he sits on a board to approve every word that goes into the PMBOK since then. So he is very well known, very well versed in project management and helps us take a perspective of doing professional project management here in the small business space. On other fronts, Lots of people ask me about the book on SOPs. So the four book set on SOPs is moving along. We are working like crazy to get it out of the way, get it, get it done and in your hands. Right now I'm looking that I'm hoping that that will be out by the end of August. So it is happening. We're making progress on it. You know, my big motivation is I want to get it out so that I can sell it obviously, but I want to get it out for in time for the fall conference. We've sold over a hundred copies already because of people investing in our Indiegogo campaign. And I want to make sure you know that uh, I'm going to move ahead and get that job done. So we will make it happen. It will become a book and you will get your copy. We just need to uh, put our head down and keep plugging away on it. So that will be four books for SOPs, one for project management. That is what I'm calling my killer combo project management, and standard operating procedures. So we're starting a roadshow in the fall. We're gonna start, stop number one is the SMB Nation pre-day. And then two, three, four, five, we're gonna be Australia and New Zealand. And then we're gonna come back to the United States in December and have a couple of shows. And if you would like to see if it's possible to get me to your city doing one of these four hour events, Please send me an email, Carl P at smallbizthoughts.com, and I would love to drop by and talk to you in your city. Last week, the last week in June every year, we have our SMB online conference, and I had a huge amount of positive feedback from this. I'm just very, very grateful to people who were taking the time to drop us a line and let us know that they liked it. One of the nicest emails I got was a gentleman who talked about the presentation I made on everything that I know about business I learned as a paperboy. And the subtitle of that is pay the freaking paperboy. And I talk about one time when at age 12, I had somebody who wouldn't pay their bill. And my dad introduced me to the, the process of filing a small claims and taking this guy to small claims court. So at the time he owed me just under eight dollars, but had to pay the eight dollars plus twenty-five dollars for the filing fees and to, to pay to have a sheriff's officer in uniform deliver the writ to his door. So that was uh an interesting lesson and you know it's a lesson not just in terms of uh that, that you deserve the money you've earned, but also a lesson that you have a lot to learn from your father who's been in business and that uh, you know there's a lot of, lot of different people out there. Most people are very good and they want to give you the money that you've earned, but there's always a few people who don't. So there are ways to deal with them. If you're interested in hearing that, you can still buy the recordings from the SMB online conference this year. Check it out at smbbooks.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you in a couple of weeks.
0: Carl's Roadshow Down Under event has been announced and tickets are now on sale. This will be Carl's first tour in Australia and New Zealand. He will be in Brisbane, November 18th, Sydney, November 20th, Melbourne, November 25th, and Auckland, November 27th. Each city will be a four-hour hands-on event and will focus on standard operating procedures and project management. Early bird pricing for each city event is at $149 until September 30th. For more information, please go to smbroadshow.com. And the Education for Tech's online classes continue. Carl will be starting his Relax, Focus, Succeed class July 28th. This class is based around Carl's book, Relax, Focus, Succeed, which has sold thousands of copies worldwide since its first publication in 2006. Classes run for an hour every Monday morning for five weeks. Students access classes either online or over the phone, and class recordings and handouts are available online. Visit GreatLittleSeminar.com to register for this course and to view the full list of courses offered this year. Thank you for joining us today. Please join us again July 15th in our next episode. I look forward to seeing you then. Take care.